Hello everyone, welcome to A Millennial Learn. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode. Um, it is a Monday, which means usually I do any topic that kind of tickles my fancy, anything I want to learn about that week. Uh, but we do need to make up some lost time on these state episodes because there was a period of time this year that I was not podcasting as regularly as I should have been, and I missed a few Thursdays. And so we need to sort of make those up so we get the state ones done by relatively like the end of the year. So we are on the 29th state that entered the union, which is the state of Iowa. Now, I did not know much about Iowa before this, other than they grew a lot of corn. Um, I've wanted to go to Iowa just because I feel like it's really nice and rural. And really my exposure to Iowa has been my brother went there for a conference one time and then I read this book, Dewey, which is about this cat in Iowa. He ended up being a library cat because he was shoved in the book return in a very cold night in Iowa and they kind of adopted him and made him the city library or the town's uh, library cat. So the way that the author described the town uh, that she lived in in Iowa was like this little tiny rural town and I really kind of had a draw to live there. So I've wanted to learn about Iowa for a little bit um, and this was my chance. So I hope you enjoyed the episode and let's get into it. So we are going to go over the timeline, but before that, let's talk a little bit about what Iowa is like today, you know, geography, climate, population, all of that sort of thing, when it became a, a state, um, just so we can lay some groundwork and all be on the same page before we start our historical timeline discussion. So Iowa became a state on December 28th, 1846, which I believe means it's the first state that we have studied that was not a state during the Civil War. Um, so it was not involved at all in that. Well, I'm not gonna say it's not involved at all, but it was not involved as a United State. Okay, why is Iowa named Iowa? This is, honestly, it's a little bit unknown. It says, the story behind Iowa's name is complicated. Uh, one version claims the name from, or one version claims that the name comes from the Iowa River, which was named for the Native American Iowas or Iowas who were a Sioux tribe. One frontiersman wrote in 1868 that Native Americans encamped by a river um, and were pleased with the location. They said in their native tongue, Iowa, 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 which means beautiful. Other members of the Iowa people have a different version of the name. One is the French spelling of Iowa, A-Y-U-H-W-A, which means sleepy ones. So it's up for debate and mostly unknown, but it came to be known as Iowa. The state motto is, our liberties we prize and our rights we will maintain. This is one of the better mottos I've heard. I like the spirit of this motto and I like that it fully explains like what they value. You know, our liberties we prize and our rights we will maintain. I like that. The nickname is the Hawkeye State. It says there is also disagreement over the source of Iowa's nickname, the Hawkeye State. Some say the name honors the na a Native American chief, Black Hawk. Others claim it was inspired by a character named Hawkeye in James Fenimore Cooper's book, The Last of the Mohicans. Okay, so again, no one knows why. Iowa's history in some parts is a bit of a mystery, I guess. 
So the population as of 2020, like as of the 2020 census, was 3.15 million, which makes it 36th in population density with, uh, and it is, oh my gosh, and it ranks 32nd in total population. So not super dense, it's on the lower end of state uh, population densities. All right, let's go to geography. What is the geography topography of Iowa? So. Iowa is in the Midwest. It's considered a Midwestern state. It's bordered by South Dakota and Minnesota in the north, Wisconsin and Illinois in the east, Illinois and Missouri in the south, and Nebraska and South Dakota in the west. Some sources divide Iowa into three different regions, geographical regions. So one is called the Young Drift Plains, which is a flat, fertile region. It says it sweeps across northern and central Iowa. It is a mixture there's a mixture of clay sand rocks and gravel that glaciers left behind during the last ice age about 12,000 years ago that's called drift and this area also partly contains lakes and swamps then there's an area called the driftless area which covers the northeastern part of iowa it is forested hills and cliffs and again it doesn't have drift like the young drift plains do um, and then the dissected till plains are the third region, and it says that these roll across southern Iowa and into the northwest. Rivers and streams have dissected or cut into the land, creating hills, ridges, and bluffs. So the, those are the kind of big three accepted geographical regions of Iowa. As for the climate, um, it's pretty average, except the winter does get pretty cold. So. Uh, they get 35 inches of rain per year on average. The national average is 38, so very close. They get 30 inches of snow. The average, the national average is 28 inches. They get 200 sunny days, where the national average is 205. The summer high is 84 degrees. The winter low is 10 degrees, which again, very cold. So the overall comfort index is 6.9, which means it's just like slightly, slightly less comfortable than the quote average of the country. So June, September, and August are the best to go and January and December are the worst. The humidity peaks around 65% in the summer. So not terrible, but a little humid for my liking. Okay, now that we know what Iowa kind of looks like present day, let's talk about the historical timeline and how Iowa that we know today came to be. So the history kind of starts in 1673 obviously there were native americans here before that and again we're going to be doing whole native american like episodes because i would like to know, understand like the culture and things before but this timeline starts in 1673 when french explorers louis joliet and father marquette explored uh iowa for the king of france they canoed down the wisconsin river and then down the mississippi river to the mouth of the arkansas river Okay, 1862, LaSalle explored the Mississippi River from its mouth and claimed the river and all land drained by it for the King of France. It is upon the claim of LaSalle that France claimed the interior of North America. Such means of making land claims by planting a flag at the mouth of a river and claiming all land drained by that river and its tributaries were common at the time, and that whole area was known as Louisiana after King Louis the Fourteenth of France. So that's how they used to claim it then. They would just like hit a river, stake a, a flag, and then claim 
all the land that drained from that river. So technically at this time, Iowa, current day Iowa was a French, uh, was in possession of the French. 1762, the King of France transferred the claim of the land described above to the King of Spain during the Seven Years' War, usually known in the United States as the French and Indian War. Then, fast forward about 23 years in 1785, the land ordinance created by the mechanism by which new states could be admitted to the Union from the old Northwestern Territory, and also the methods to be used for surveying the undervote. Wait, that was such a run-on sentence. Hold on. The land ordinance created the mechanism by which states could be admitted to the Union from the old Northwest Territory. It also created the methods to be used for surveying the undeveloped and unclaimed land. The so-called square mile survey was later used in Iowa, and Iowa was admitted to the Union under the provisions of this act. Okay, 1788, Julian Dubuc becomes the first white settler in Iowa. He and other French from Canada lived along Catfish Creek under an agreement with the Meskwakis, whom they hired to do most of the actual mining work. In 1796, Dubuc's claim, uh, land claim was confirmed by the Spanish colonial government at this time, but he had been in effective control of it since 1788. So it wasn't recognized, basically they're saying, until eight years later, but he was always kind of in control. Okay, in 1799, Tesson's land claim was initially made at this time. He supposedly planted a grove of apple trees and made other improvements to solidify his claim to the land, which was in Lee County near Montrose. All right, to 1800. Um, let's see, during the... Napoleonic Wars in Europe, Spain became a satellite of France, and the Mississippi River area was transferred back to, Fr to France under pressure from Napoleon. Spain had exerted very little control or contact with the area north of St. Louis. So now we're back into Spain's control. Or sorry, um, it is now under France again. Sorry, got that mixed up. So it was Spanish, now it is French once again. In 1803, the United States acquires Iowa in the Louisiana Purchase. President Thomas Jefferson wished to purchase trading rights at New Orleans so that American products would have free navigation of the Mississippi River to ocean-going ships. The Louisiana Purchase was also divided into upper and lower districts of Louisiana, with capitals at St. Louis and New Orleans, respectively. This was mostly a paper transaction because there were no legal permanent residents in the area except Native American Indians, and this administration did not apply to them. So that was how the U.S. became, you know, came to acquire Iowa. Okay, let's see. 1830, the first school in Iowa opens. A man named Berryman Jennings taught in a log cabin in Lee County, or in Lee Country in Southeast Iowa, paid privately by parents who wanted their kids to have an education. The first Christian church was established in Iowa in 1833. It was a Methodist church. In 1838, the Iowa Territory is established. So there are now tw almost 23,000 people living in Iowa and it is allowed to appoint a governor. That governor is Robert Lucas, who becomes the first governor of the Iowa Territory. Okay, in 1843, it says, after graduating from Andover Theological Seminary, eight Congregationalists enter Iowa to start churches, schools, and colleges. And then Iowa is admitted into the Union in 1846. 
So again, after the Civil War, they did not have really any part in the Civil War. At least according to this timeline. So um, then there is the Sioux Session, which happened in 1851. It says all Native American Indians, all Native American Indian claims to Iowa land is officially gone after the Sioux Session in Northwest Iowa. The Constitution of 1846 uh, is trashed and a new constitution is drawn up. Starting from scratch, there are 36 amendments that are added and that is 18 in 1857 that the new constitution uh, is put into place. In 1869, the Iowa Board of Immigration is formed. Uh, Iowa created the board to encourage immigration from Europe to Iowa. Brochures are printed in English, Dutch, German, Swedish, and Danish to uh, encourage that immigration. There's the first women's suffrage convention held in Iowa in 1869. It was organized by Joseph A. Dugdale, who um, kind of started the women's suffrage in Iowa. Herbert Hoover, which is the only Iowan president, is born in West Branch, Iowa in 1874. And then in 1890, for the first time, Iowa produces the most corn of any state. So this is like Again, Iowa is known for having a lot and a lot of corn, and that is what it started way back in 1890. Okay, George Washington Carver transfers to Iowa State. So he was at Simpson College, and he transferred to Iowa State for five years as he was the only... Wait, George Washington Carver transfers from Simpson College to Iowa State for five years. He was the only black student later became the first black student to earn a master's degree as well as the first black faculty member. Okay, so he, yeah, he ended up teaching at Iowa State. Uh, Grant Wood was born in 1891. He is the most famous artist from Iowa and he's popular for American Gothic style of art. Okay, Maytag um, begins like, you know, the washing machine company. It starts in Newton, Iowa in 1907. In 1905, J.E. Buxton from Buxton, Iowa co-founded the Niagara Movement, which became the NAACP in 1909. And then there is the first Iowan casualty of World War I. Private Merle Hay is one of the three men killed simultaneously by an explosion in France during World War I. So we're now in the thick of the World War. There is Iowa's first female Secretary of State elected in 1932. An Iowan develops the first computer in 1939. It says, a Tanisoff-Berry computer is the first electrical digital computer built at Iowa State University. The first TV broadcast in Iowa occurred in 1949. It reached approximately 400 homes in the Quad Cities. Meredith Wilson's music, The Music Man, sorry, performs on Broadway in 1957. She is an Iowan native from Mason City and she got, oh, sorry, it's a, it's a man. Meredith Wilson is a man. <laughs> um, Iowan native Meredith Wilson from Mason City gets his first Broadway star with The Music Man. Okay, the first microwave is created in 1967, which is very interesting. It's uh, this company called the Amana or Amana Corporation. 
sold the first countertop microwave oven in 1967. This man named Borlaug wins the prize, the Nobel Peace Prize, for his work creating strains of disease-resistant wheat in Mexico and India, as well as increase the food supply in third world countries. He was an Iowan, and that was in 1970. Some bike race that I'm really not familiar with, it's called R-A-G-B-R-A-I, RAGBRAI, but it's like an acronym. Anyway, it says it's an annual bike race across Iowa. That started in 1973. Again, Field of Dreams. Well, you'll hear about that in the attractions um, section, but the Field of Dreams movie is filmed in Iowa in 1988, and since then it has been a very popular tourist attraction. And then Zach Johnson, who's from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, um, won the Masters in 2007. So that is the timeline that was from Preceden.com timelines, and then it's like an Iowa history timeline. So I don't know, kind of sparse in some areas, but so I think it was good at just hitting the top important things. So that is all for the historical timeline of Iowa. So let's get into all of the other fun facts about the state. All right, let's talk about famous people from Iowa. There's actually more than I thought. One of them is very interesting. So one of them, okay, I'm just going to rattle off the list and then we'll focus on the, the interesting one. Ashton Kutcher, John Wayne, Sean Johnson, Elijah Wood, Herbert Hoover, Glenn Miller, like CU, they have a Glenn Miller ballroom. So Glenn, that Glenn Miller, Johnny Carson, and then James T. Kirk. So I looked this one up and it came up on on the list and again i'll link this below in the description all these sites but basically it is in the star trek you know myth or canon or whatever that james t kirk was born in iowa so in the town that he is supposedly born they have a big like plaque sort of memorial marker thing that says future birthplace of john of james t kirk so I thought that was kind of interesting, but there are actually a decent amount of famous people from Iowa. Okay, as for state symbols, they did not choose a lot. Some states have a ton of state symbols, and I kept thinking that I was getting like an incomplete list when I kept looking for Iowa state symbols. So I was like, there's no way there's this few. And some, you know, some people do a synopsis of maybe the most important state symbols, but no. Iowa just doesn't have a ton. So let's go through the ones that they do have, which is interesting. So, okay, Iowa State Flower is the Wild Rose. It says the 26th the General Assembly designated the Wild Rose as the official state flower in 1897. It was chosen because it was one of the decorations used on the Silver Service, uh, which was the state which the state presented to the battleship USS Iowa the same year. So, there was no species of the flower that was designated, but most people say that the wild prairie rose um, is the real official flower. They just said wild rose, but really the wild prairie rose is kind of what everyone thinks of there as the official flower. Wild roses are found throughout the state and bloom from June through the late summer. It, the flower is varying shades of pink and is set off by yellow uh, stamens in the center. Okay, the state bird is the eastern goldfinch. That was designated in 1933, and it was chosen as a state bird because it was it is commonly found in Iowa and often stays 
through the winter. We see these here in Colorado too, but I don't think they usually stay through the winter here. So that's kind of what separates, um, like why that was designated as the flower, because that's unique to Iowa. Um, let's see, in late June or early August, they build their nests from plant materials and line them with thistledown. Okay, this just goes through what they look like. Basically, they have a yellow kind of neck and belly, like black tips of their wings and a little black patch on their forehead. And their the rest of their body is like bright yellow. So, easy to spot. Okay, the state rock is the geode. This was designated in 1967. It is well, Iowa is well known for the presence of geode. It was chosen as the official rock in an effort to promote tourism in the state. Uh, legislators who favored making the geode the state rock pointed out that it is among the rarest and most beautiful rocks and that Iowa is known worldwide because of the large number of geodes found in the state. So that is why it was chosen. The state tree is the oak. Um, that was designated in 1961. It, uh, the General Assembly chose the oak because it is abundant in the state and serves as shelter, food, and nesting cover for many animals and birds. Again, they didn't choose a specific like species of oak, um, but they just broadly consider the oak uh, their state tree. Then there is the state song, which is called the Song of Iowa. And even that has kind of a very uncertain history. So here's what it says about the state song. There's frequently much confusion as to the status of the so-called state songs due largely to the fact that there may be, that they may be chosen by official action, by popular approval, or by a combination of the two methods. In the Middle West, particularly, where state boundaries are artificial and the population has constantly shifted, it is not surprising that there should be much uncertainty. There have been many aspirants to the honor of writing the state song for Iowa, but only three or four of these songs have received noteworthy official or popular recognition. Um, so there, the first one is called the Song of Iowa, but then someone set it to the tune um, Tannenbaum, and then there was like another revolution of it in 1912 by George Hamilton. So it's gone through some evolution for sure, and there's uh, some debate, I would say, as to like what state song it is and who wrote it and, you know, is it popularly accepted and, and that kind of thing. So that's all we're going to go to for a state song because it gets a little complicated. Um, okay, let's talk about the best things to do in Iowa. Now, if you are like me and don't know much about Iowa, I was thinking is there that much to do? I always thought of it as like a huge farming thing, but obviously there is, there are definitely some things to do. So that is what we are going to look at today. And there, as promised, are a good amount of cool things to do. Number one is the Shrine of the Grotto of the Redemption, it's called. This is like a Christian religious site. It says the Shrine of the Grotto of the Redemption in West Bend, uh, Iowa, is a religious site centered around different scenes from Jesus's life, which are represented by statues and other features. The Shrine of the Grotto of the Redemption is near Dubuque, Iowa, and is made up of over $4 million worth of rocks and minerals. Um, around 100,000 people visit this place each year to take part in Christian activities like attending mass or visiting the museum with precious stones from throughout the world. So you can go to a mass there. Okay, number two is the Field of Dreams 
movie site, which is interesting. So uh, the Field of Dreams baseball field is in Iowa. Um, let's see. Many people visit this place to see the baseball diamond from the film. The site was originally built by the Iowa Baseball Association for a 1925 semi-pro game. The filming happened in 1989 and since then was a popular tourist destination with about 2,000 visitors per day. Okay, number three is, oh, I'm not going to be able to say this, Makokita, Makokita, oh my gosh, it's a Caves State Park. So it says it's one of the top sites of things to do and see in Iowa. It's located in a hilly forest or a hilly area with forests, ravines, waterfalls, springs, and caves. There's a scenic river trail that has two bridges and a bird hide. Um, so the cave has easy access for all levels of experience. Nothing is more difficult than stairs. So it's a really popular um, place to go and explore a cave. There's also a theme park called Adventure Park, which is very popular in the area. There's a Crystal Lake Cave, it says. And that lake cave is 433 feet wide, 965 feet deep. It was discovered by European Americans in 1857, and it's the fifth deepest cave in Iowa. The entrance to the cave is on private property, but it can be seen by the road. Um, there's the National Mississippi River Museum and Aquarium, which is a cool place. The Iowa State Fair is really, really big. This is um, huge in Iowa. so. It says it's the most iconic event that takes place annually it, um, is the Iowa State Fair. It features a carnival, carnival midway with rides and games, nightly concerts from well-known musicians, livestock shows. It also features a wide variety of food from the state, an art exhibition. So very, very fun. I really do want to go to an Iowa State Fair. There's the Ho Herbert Hoover National Historic Site. Um, it is a unit of the National Park System in West Branch, Iowa. It commemorates Herbert Hoover's life as the 31st president. The controversial president was born in 1874 and spent the first 11 years of his life in West Branch. So you can go see his birthplace. There's also the Iowa State Capitol and there's an Iowa 80 Trucking Museum. This is in Walcott, Iowa and it was established in 1999, open to the public in 2008. It just shows like a bunch of trucks. It has 120 trucks on display because Iowa is like a big trucking uh, state. Then, this is the one I want to end on for attractions. Iowa's largest frying pan is in Brandon, Iowa. It says it's one of the most popular attractions in Iowa and it's located near Spirit Lake. The giant made in Iowa frying pan measures 43.5 feet and weighs over 6,000 pounds. It was built in 1991, and it was constructed to honor the men and women who designed and built Iowa's first electric railroad back in 1869. Its uh, largest frying pan is open all year round. So if you go to Iowa, stop in there. Um, well, that is it for today's episode. That is all I wanted to cover. Let me know if there's anything that I missed, any attractions that you um would like to see or you know whatever and we can do like a little catch up if there are more things to mention so thank you all for listening i will see you on thursday for another state episode and thank you all for being here <laughs> bye everyone